the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Andrea K Show. She's blonde, 5'2", and 102 pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea K. Day. Glad to have you guys here with me. I'm super excited. Well, I am super excited about what's going on with this Republican National Convention. Um, some exciting poll numbers. Super excited about our show tonight. We've got Carter Page who's going to be here. Can't wait to talk to this patriot and hero. And Tom Dell will be back a little bit later because of some criminal investigations the Democrats are cooking up against the RNC. So I am excited about that. I'm always excited when I get to share this time with you guys. I am Andrea K. Dynamite in a dress, busting through the hype, the hyperbole, and the hypocrisy every night of the week. But uh, there's a little something tempering my excitement tonight. I've got to start out by sending lots of love and prayers to all my family and friends, my peeps down in my beloved state of Louisiana. I got family and friends all over that state. Fortunately, not many exactly where the eye of the storm and this surge, this uh, that they're saying could be upwards of 20 feet and unsurvivable is the word that they have used. So I'm hearing that not enough people have evacuated. So I'm sending I'm going to I'm going to be up probably all night watching as this thing comes ashore. Um, you know, I, I, growing up down there, I, you know, why write it out? I mean, did we not learn from our, the people who came before us? You don't, we, we grew up with the legend of Camille. Okay. And what, what happened in Camille and Biloxi and Gulfport? You don't write out these storms. And if you didn't, if you didn't know the legend of Camille, then didn't Katrina teach us? Anyway, enough about that. I'm worried about my peeps down there and uh, sending you guys love. I've got people texting me, keeping me updated on family and friends, but I love you all down there. It is hurricane season. We can't forget about it. I'm wondering what the, how the RNC is going to handle it tonight, if they're going to say anything. Uh, many of these speeches have been pre-recorded, by the way. So if they don't say anything tonight, it, that would be why, because we know that, that uh, President Trump Remember back in 2016, was it Rita that came through Louisiana back in 2016? And um, oh, let's see, who was Barack Obama? No, what year was it when Barack Obama didn't bother? Yeah, that's what it was. It was 2016. I think Rita was coming through Louisiana and Barack Obama, the president of the United States, didn't even fly over. And it was Trump and Melania who went down there. And help the citizens of Louisiana. So if it's not mentioned tonight, it's because much of tonight is recorded. Uh, speaking of, oh, before I get into it, I almost forgot my man. I got family and friends here in San Diego, too, like this man. It's DJ Potato Skins. I think they might have left DJ, DJ Potato Skins. DJ Potato Skins. Off the manifesto, but it'll be back. Winning, winning, winning. 
You know, I've actually been thinking about this all day, uh, not so much from the Republican side, but if the Republicans don't have the correct type of response, this hurricane that's going to be unfortunately devastating is going to give the Dems more ammunition to say, hey, you know what? See, look, the Republicans, they're not doing what they're supposed to do. Well, you know, I don't think that that can happen here. And I'll tell you why. First and foremost, we do not have George W. Bush as president, okay, who balls it up, who allowed himself to be blamed for Katrina, which was never his fault. Okay, George W. Bush, I now understand why for so long we were pounding our heads going, why is he not pushing back against these false narratives that are hurting him? Because he didn't care because he was in on it. He was in on the one party rule that was going on in Washington. Y'all just didn't know. I saw a video of him that was done by Nancy Pelosi's daughter, a documentary that was done and the guffawing going on between him and these hardcore Democrats. They'd all go out and bash each other to the media and then they're all hugging up and loving on each other behind the scenes. So he did not care. He didn't care what damage was done to the Republican Party or to his presidency with these false claims. But Trump will not allow that to happen. Plus, Trump is actually a maker. He's a businessman in a way that George W. Bush never was. And he will not allow that. Oh, to it's be, not even close. He, no, he won't allow it to be mismanaged. Um, and we also and also um, it, that was a once in a lifetime situation, too, in terms of the way that storm came in, how big it was, um, how it came up, you know, the way it came up and the fact that Democrat local Democrats had had uh, embezzled money that was supposed to be to shore up the levees and they did not do so. So it was it was Democrats. Reminds me of a line from Pam Bondi last night. You know, Democrats swindling, corrupt. Pam Bondi, getting back to the RNC, if you missed it last night, she was one to watch. Not a lot of people talking about it. She destroyed. She wrecked Joe Biden and Hunter Biden. It was brutal. She said, if the Democrats want to make this a choice between saving America and swindling America... We happy to go there. She didn't just leave it at Hunter Biden. She laid the corruption and the graft and the use of the vi- the office of the vice presidency as a way to line the pockets for his entire family, not just at Hunter Biden. It was excruciating. But I tell you, even more excruciating on Biden than the allegations of the corruption is how the Democrat Party completely ignored the rampant violence that is leading to continued loss of life across this country in these riots. Not one mention. Not one mention in the Democrat Party in the, the convention last week. Not one mention over the months. Portland has erupted Seattle. That, that's been going on for months. And last night, after Jacob Blake's uh, shooting, in which he's, he is expected to survive, he wasn't killed. A lot. Of, I'm not going to get into the details of that so much, and, uh, except for the fact that uh, prior to any investigation... Of course. Uh, now now it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what the facts are on the ground. If a black person is shot, automatically you've got the governor coming out and saying that the cops, you know, convicting them in, before any investigation is done. The governor convicting these cops, saying that it was murder, intentional murder, uh, before any investigation. Um, you know, it's gotten so out of hand now because of Democrat mayors, Democrat police chiefs. State and local Democrats not doing anything to stop it that I posted a video last night showing local armed citizens and I said it's it we are about to have a war in our streets. And this is what happens when you don't do anything to stop when you not only don't do anything to stop it and you and and the the governor of Kenosha uh, of Wisconsin he was offered help from President Trump and he turned it down. When you're not stopping 
violence in the streets, when you are not stopping people from being murdered, when you're not stopping elderly people from having their heads bashed in outside of their business or their charity, and you're allowing businesses to be burned, it's because you want old people to be have the, having their heads bashed in outside of businesses and having their businesses be burned down. You want that. So you can have people like Mayor Buttigieg going out today and saying that it's look at all this chaos that's happening in the streets. It's all Trump's fault. Just like they want you to be miserable and have your business shut down and not be able to work because of the coronavirus. So they can say, look at the economic devastation under this coronavirus. It's all Trump's fault when it's the Democrats fault that are literally inflicting murder on people. You're, you have encouraged this, Democrats. What happened last night? One of these armed citizens ends up shooting two people. You go and look at the video. There are lots of conservatives out there saying, you know what? I'll contribute to his defense fund because clearly it was, it was self-defense. He was whacked over the head with a skateboard. There's also an argument to be made that, you know, he really, a 17-year-old kid, really could have been home doing some homework and really didn't need to be out on the streets. But this is what happens when you don't do, when, when citizens, Americans, sit back and see their towns being burned, businesses being burned, seeing old people being beat up on the streets. Eventually, American citizens are going, you know what, I'm going to have to, I'm, I, you've given us no choice but to take our country back. And you've got police departments standing back, kneeling with the Black Lives Matter. What do you think is going to happen? So then, of course, suddenly today, Joe Biden and all the rest of the Democrats decide that they're going to speak out against the uh, against the violence and the riots. Why? Is it because they care about black lives? Is it because they care about these seniors? I mean, go go Google the old man who had his head cracked open outside of a charity in Kenosha. Is, it, is that why they spoke out today? No. Get a load of this. Last night on CNN, Don Lemon says, and I quote, uh, you know, uh, he says on CNN that he was calling for the rioting to end, quote, because it's showing up in the polling. Not because they care anything about lives. Not because, not because, now this, remember that last week the Democrats spent the entire time talking about how President Trump is a man with no empathy, doesn't care about anybody. No, empathy is not giving a crap about old people having their heads bashed in and businesses being burned and people whose families, generations, have spent generations building businesses that are now destroyed and they're not sure how they're going to feed their kids. There's no empathy here. In the, all they care about is it is showing up in the polling. And get this. Yeah. Trump's, uh, according to Rasmussen, Trump is his approval rating is the best job, job approval rating on record. It is now at 52 percent. It has gone up. Uh, since the Democrats convention, he is up at 36 percent approval with blacks, 37 percent approval with Hispanics, 35 percent with Asians. He's even up to 44 percent approval with independents and even up at 23 percent approval with Dems. And you might think, well, that's pretty low. But, you know, the Dems are so off their rocker these days that that's pretty high for Dems uh, to support him. And why? Because of the rioting going on, as well as the increased crime, because here's the thing. Pete Buttigieg and and all the rest of you going out and trying to blame President Trump. The American people are not as stupid as you think that they are. The American people know that President Trump is not the mayor of Kenosha. They know he's not the mayor of Seattle. They know he's not the governor of Wisconsin or Oregon or where any of this has happened. They know that he's wanted to send in help, that that things calmed down in Portland after he sent in the feds. So today, Governor Evers finally allowed President Trump to send in. Uh, some some marshals and some other feds to help out there. 
These uh, these calls to end the rioting by Biden and the Democrats is uh, too little too late. Yeah, you should have been there a long time ago. Absolutely. All right, we're going to get back to the RNC in a minute because what has been missing so far, and I have been loving what's happening with this RNC, but one thing that's been missing for me, and it doesn't mean it's not going to happen, uh, is the coup attempt. The weaponized FBI and DOJ. We all remember Maximo Alvarez talking about how much everything that's going on in this country reminds him of, of Castro's Cuba. Well, what reminds me? The, a gover- a U- the U.S. government using its top law enforcement agency and its court system to go after people for their politics. Well, guess who's going to be here next to weigh in? Carter Page himself. So y'all stay tuned. And 888-344-1170 if you want to weigh in. Be sure to follow Andrea K on Twitter at Andrea K Show. And follow her on Facebook and like her fan page at Andrea K. Spelled K-A-Y-E. You're listening to the Andrea K Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K Show. Glad to have you guys here with me. 888-344-1170. If you want to weigh in, give us uh, your reviews of the Republican National Convention and what you think about it. Are you watching tonight? Anything that you want to share, get off your chest. Um, I've been a little curious. There's one thing that's been missing for me. I've absolutely loved uh, what's gone down so far. I love the mix of diversity. I love the stories of the Americans telling about how uh, Trump policies have helped their lives. I especially love that tin knocker, that sheet metal dude i got family in the sheet metal business we call them tin knockers he said last night he said we cannot hand this government over to a washed up politician who's just a puppet for the radical democrats boom it was like a mic drop i've loved it but what's been missing for me though is any discussion about the coup attempt yeah we had a coup attempt happen in this country Maximo Alvarez talked about on night one about how much of what's going on with the left reminds him of Cuba. He hears echoes of the past. Well, he's it, well. You can't then uh, overlook something that's pretty pretty similar to uh, Castro's Cuba, and that's a, a weaponized government targeting civilians for their politics. And joining me now is uh, a victim of that, an American hero who was targeted by the United States government. Of course, I'm talking about Carter Page, who actually has a book out now about it. I've been waiting for this. The book is Abuse and Power, How an Innocent Man Was Framed in an Attempted Coup Against the President. And he joins me now. Hi, Carter Page. Welcome to the Andrea K. Show. Hi, Andrea. Great to be with you. Thanks for having me. Well, thank you. Thank you for writing your book. Um, I think many people having gone through what you've gone through uh, might just be, you know, sitting on an island somewhere sucking down a margarita, um, not still not still out living life. Um, so I, I, I thank you for your service to this country. I'm not sure many people know that you are here tonight. We've got the Republican National Convention going on, and it's a, tonight is about heroes, and you're an actual American hero. They didn't just target an innocent man, but they targeted a Naval Academy graduate, Carter Page. Tell everybody your story, and and I want everybody to get the book. But tell everybody how an innocent man was targeted. Uh, thanks a lot, Andrea. You know, I, I always bear in mind, you know, and part of the reason I'm, I'm telling this full story for the first time is what happened to me really can happen to anyone. And most importantly, I always bear in mind that this coup attempt, you know, it was not just intended to uh, do damage to me. It was intended to take out, you know, as as you're correctly alluding to, President Trump. So we we really can never uh, allow this to happen again. 
And so much of the challenges that uh, that happened, um, you know, and as you were saying with Mr. Alvarez's experiences in Cuba, you know, he um, this is actually far more terrible in many ways, just given the incredible power of the U.S. intelligence community. You know, that, yeah. that was a, a socialist state uh, in Cuba, uh, which he came from. But this is actually, you know, the, the, the level of power in the intelligence and national security apparatus that President Trump uh, and his supporters like me were up against extends far beyond anything that uh, Castro's Cuba um, had in their capability. So it, it really is uh, terrible on, on so many levels. It's incredibly chilling. And I said from the beginning, um, I, I said that, that if this could, that Americans needed to wake up, that even if they, even if they weren't scared to death that the U.S. government had the, the, was wielding, we knew, we kind of understand as Americans what the power is and how great the power is. But even if Americans didn't understand that how scary and frightening it is that that is being used against America, against a, a, a Trump supporter or somebody in the Trump world, they, then how about being scared for themselves? Because if it could happen to you, if it, if it could happen to General Flynn, if they could target Roger Stone and Jerome Corsi and others the way that they did, they'll go after any American because it's really about ultimately it's about power it's about suppressing it's about oppression and 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 destroying the opposition and I and I've been struggling with understanding Carter Page why the that's why and why I'm so glad you've you've written this book and coming on tonight is I've been pulling my hair out for three years trying to get Americans that I know to to get it to see how how big of a deal this is well part of the challenge and it's great to be on your show Andrea and but one of the big issues, and I, I think, you know, as, as I explain uh, in, in many parts of my book, really the mainstream media was at the very center of this story. Unfortunately, as a way of damaging then-candidate Trump in September of 2016, the Democrats and very high-paid consultants working for the Democrats and lawyers who were involved in this sham ended up uh, getting these false stories placed about me just as a way of interfering in the election. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, all these, in, you know, this powerful intelligence surface, which extends far beyond anything that, uh, that Cuba ever had, was uh, in many ways coordinating illegally with, uh, you know, there's this coordination between media outlets and the U.S. intelligence community, where false information is being recycled in both directions and leading to a a vicious cycle, which helped uh, pushing our country down, you know, further and further down, as as you as you'll recall, throughout the initial months and years of the uh, of the uh, Trump presidency. Uh, leading up to the the sham impeachment, um, which finally was taken care of, or you know we we have put behind us earlier this year. So it, it really is. Uh, it, it was a, a terrible tragedy, but throughout it all, you know, I, I always uh, kept kept in mind that it was just a way to take out you know our great president, and uh, um, and I was also inspired in terms of survival. Mm. And when I when I'm going through all these things, I realize that, you know, what he is doing somehow when he's pushing so much uh, positive progress in our country, um, 
you know, if he can do it, you know, it's a, it's a great inspiration for, uh, you know, a right way to, um, to lead your life and, you know, persevere through extraordinary challenges. And I, I always bear in mind that, you know, all these tactical issues and all the, um, the, the life-threatening challenges I went through are nothing compared to what he has to deal with every day. And particularly, you know, the best example of that is what we were just talking about in terms of the mainstream media, which was a, a key uh, co-conspirator in this, in this massive plot. You, oh, I've got one of my best friends has a son um, at Naval Academy, and he just is so patriotic and has such a love for country. And I know what it's like to to go through uh, plebe summer. And I went back and visited him, and I I know what it's like to go through that. Not at, personally, but what he's going through there. Has this done anything to to diminish your love of country? To the contrary, and again, you know, it's, it's along the lines of what we were just saying in terms of President Trump, right? You know, sometimes when you go through massive challenges, it only makes you appreciate things even more. And, you know, it, it, it's a challenge sometimes. And yeah. unfortunately, we're going through some very trying times when uh, some evil actors have been trying to do so much damage. Um, yeah, and but, they haven't you know, been. Yeah. Excuse me for interrupting. And they haven't been held to account except Klein Smith. Was that a good day for you? How did you celebrate Klein Smith having to plead guilty? Did Did you have a little voodoo doll? You were sticking pins in Klein Smith or <laughs> smoke a stogie? No, <laughs> no. You, you know, there's a lot of elements to that story, and I, I, I described. You know, believe it or not, I mean, he he doctored that evidence, yeah. uh, which was used in the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Court. But it actually goes far beyond that. And I, as I, as I explained in the book, uh, I had five long meetings with FBI counterintelligence agents uh, in the early months of the Trump administration back in March 2017. The, fo- the following week, uh, in the, the first week of April 2017, I was I, – I, and I had death threats all the time. Mm. And uh, my, my lawyer – uh, contacted, uh, you know, because he, he was the an FBI lawyer. So my lawyer contacted the FBI lawyer, which in this case was Mr. Kleinsmith, and informed him of these uh, these threats and how my life was put at risk. Yeah, again, all driven. And when, whenever I get these threatening calls, they're accusing me of these false allegations, uh, which came out of the Democrats and which the Unfortunately, the U.S. intelligence community was helping to propagate even even worse. Mm-hmm. But so my my lawyer in front, uh, uh, informed him of that, and unfortunately, you know, even even the following week, the second week of April, is when there's a big front page Washington Post story about um, you know a for, uh, foreign intelligence surveillance court uh, warrants against me based wow. on these completely false stories and which then you know as i was saying about a vicious cycle ended up getting more death threats after that so i mean it just goes from bad to worse what do you do you have any expectations from the durham report and the bar investigation i am actually you know this there, there has been so many dirty tricks coming out of the u.s department of justice over the last four years and and actually, in all fairness, I I did that. That was a very 
I mean, the thing that I liked most about that um, charging document when it came out a couple Fridays ago mm-hmm. is that it showed that they were starting to act in a proper way. And it even, you know, there, there's a law, a law called the Crime Victims' Rights Act, mm-hmm. which, uh, which actually stands up for uh, innocent Americans, you know, to have um, to be treated with fairness and respect for a victim's dignity and privacy. That is exactly the opposite of what I endured mm-hmm. during the Rosenstein Sessions DOJ years. So the yeah. fact that they started following the law in this very first instance was was a great encouragement to me. Well, it's an encouragement, yeah, I, but it's, I, it's scary that, that, you know, they're just now doing that. Did you hear about Lindsey Graham saying that there was a word that Hillary Clinton's campaign was being targeted by foreign governments and they debriefed her and launched an investigation before going to the FISA courts? Um, and Lindsey Graham is upset that uh, that uh, they didn't follow the same path. I don't think that that's the biggest issue that we've got with a double standard going on in the FBI and the DOJ. But your thoughts on that? Yeah, I I, I saw that with uh, Maria Bartiromo on on Sunday. That uh, it was encouraging. You're absolutely right, though. <laughs> that you know, there's a lot more where that came from, and you know that that's the other good piece of news in terms of the uh, the charging document. Um, uh, for Klein Smith, the fact that he there, you know, if you read closely some of the details in that charging document, they talk about, quote, uh, and this is, you know, a reference to the CIA. They, they talk about certain members of the Crossfire Hurricane team. Right. So it's it's pretty clear if you kind of read between the lines of this document that there was, you know, he wasn't uh, doing this all on his own. No. So I, I, I think, you know, we'll have to wait and see. But uh, again, an important first uh, first step in the road towards recovering our nation. Well, I am uh, so, uh, you know, I, I feel like I, I, for some reason, Carter Page, I feel like I should apologize to you on behalf of the U.S. government for what was done to you. Because <laughs> I don't know if you've ever received, actually received an apology. Um, but I thank you for being here tonight. I can't wait to read your book, Abuse and Power, How an Innocent Man Was Framed in an Attempted Coup Against the President. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much, Andrea. And uh, I, I think the real, the main person that needs an apology is President Trump because uh, yeah. he, he's the real target. Uh, yes. So hopefully, hopefully voters will remember that in November. I agree. Thank you so much. Take good care. Thank you. All right, we're going to take a break. We're going to get back to a little discussion of the RNC because the Democrats are coming out saying that Trump has broken the law. <laughs> yeah, um, we'll talk with Tom DeBacaro about that when we come back. Want more Andrea K? Follow her on Twitter at Andrea K Show. And like her Facebook fan page at Andrea K. Spelled K-A-Y-E. You're listening to somebody who tells it like it is. Andrea K on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K Show, 888-344-1170. Almost missed my cue to come back before the break. I was uh, seeing the video. I want you guys to to go and watch the video out of Kenosha last night in the the shooter and reach your own conclusions whether or not you think it was self-defense. I think there's an argument that could be made. 
Uh, joining me now, though, uh, to switch gears to talk about another crime that the Democrats are alleging this case against the Republican. <laughs> I can't even say it with a straight face, but this could be serious. I don't know. I hear the Democrats are going after the Trump administration for the Republican convention, violating the Hatch Act. And I'm like, I don't know. Uh, from hatch, you know, the only hatch I know is hatch hatchbacks of a, of a car, eggs hatching. So I reached out to our legal eagle friend of the Andrea K show, Tom Del Bacaro, to join me now. Although, although uh, DJ Potato Skin says, Tom, you're not allowed back on the show unless you cough up some pics proving you worked on a fishing boat. Oh, okay. First of all, <laughs> this was in 1980. We didn't have cell phones. We had cameras back then, man. What are you talking about? Nobody had a camera. In Dutch Harbor? Do you think there was a, a store there with a camera? Yeah, that wasn't that far from Kodak, which is in the... the- uh, hello? Dutch Harbor is the middle of nowhere. No fresh milk. It, it was bad news. So, no, my mom didn't... I was one of eight. My mom didn't go, here's a nice camera. Please take photos. Hello? <laughs> Although I do somewhere in this house, it's, I think... Uh, under the house somewhere, I saw it like seven uh-huh. years ago. Uh-huh. By the way, um, I, I cannot. Trump did something wrong in the eyes of CNN. I, this has got to be. What, well, it's the Democrat Party. Now, they're launching a congressional investigation into this for real. Yeah, they're they saying are. that that Mike Pompeo uh, violated the Hatch Act, giving a speech from Israel. Uh, and, you know, I did see him walking out with Benjamin Netanyahu, although I didn't see the speech. So I don't know if BB was with him at the time he did the speech. No, and then no, also no. and then also they're saying Trump using the White House. Um, Which I, he's allowed to because right. the Hatch Act exempts the president and the vice president from its regulations. Also, it turns out, I don't know if you're aware of this, apparently the Democrats are, see, the White House is where Trump lives. And so not every portion of the White House is off limits to political activity. Otherwise, Trump would have to go rent a basement somewhere, uh, maybe at Joe Biden's house, and do things from there. But the truth, the truth, the plain truth of the matter is that this is already losing steam. The Democrats look ridiculous. Trump, ha- ha- Trump has the ability to do it there. Now, the State Department ha- has particular rules, but you're talking about Pompeo, and the question was, where did he do it? And is the campaign reimbursing this, that, and the other thing? The chances of this going somewhere is the same. Ch- it's ridiculous. Okay. And they look petty. And remember, FDR did this before the Hatch Act. And, and did the Democrats say anything? No. Now they're saying, well, Trump's doing it much larger. Do you think that this point of his presidency? Well, with the media, with the with the lefty media beating the drum on this all day long, you know, I, I, you know, I wondered if this Trump's he's Rasmussen's reporting Trump's going up in the polls. This everybody's admitting this RNC. You know, the, the Dems aren't admitting it's a success, but you know it's a success when Biden's having to come out today and they're all scrambling to try to come out with anti-rioting messaging today. When their message yeah. all day long is, look at Trump um, trying to prove he's not a racist by proving he's not a racist he must be a racist by by showing proof that he's not a racist i mean they're scrambling today and i was just wondering if this might in some way diminish the success of the rnc uh, what's your analysis on that no i think they look petty look so the difference between if you watch the democrat convention 
it was more shaming than inspiration, right? right. Yeah. Complaining and shaming convention. That's mm-hmm. what I called it. This, of course, from the party of uh, participation awards. Isn't everybody successful? <laughs> but yeah. no, apparently not. And and voters don't. Yes, you can say what's wrong, but voters don't like to be told they're bad people, and they don't like to be told their country's bad. You can say. So the difference is this. America is bad. The other way to say that is America can be more. There's there's that nuance. And since they went over the top in their convention, what you're seeing, why the RNC is working isn't because they're not saying Melania talked about COVID. They talked about COVID. They didn't say everything's great, but they did, they had a better balance. And that's the Democrats' problem. Socialists are not happy humans. They're not. <laughs> That's the tagline of the night. Socialists are not happy humans. They're not. And and then they and then under socialism everybody's miserable. Yes. Yeah, misery misery loves company. So yes, they are I don't expect a huge bump out of this, but here's what I do expect. The Zogby poll came out and Trump's got approval ratings in the mid-30s with blacks, Latinos, and Asians. Right. If that happened on Election Day, it would be a landslide. This entire RNC is making people comfortable with Trump again, especially the reason why Trump doesn't have approval rating at 55% is because of suburban white women who have bought into the racist argument and the BLM argument. Well, you know, let me stop you there. Beginning to wake up. Well, let me stop you there because I've been hearing everybody saying this for a while and I'm a suburban white woman and I know lots of suburban white women and we don't believe for a second that Trump is racist. Okay. Did you just compare yourself to other humans on earth? That's a bad comparison. No one like you. Well, thank you, doll. I agree. It it is true though. (laughs) that It is true across the country that he, that, it, the, he dipped among them as a broad group. Sometimes but I don't like women. That's a re, that's this is one of the times. If that's true, this is one of the times I don't like my own gender. Well, but that was two to three months ago when that bottomed out and the whole thing started, and now it's coming back because what's the alternative? Seattle, right? Portland. They're riding now out in front of San Francisco's AT&T Park. Uh, you see these videos. So this this reintroduces Trump. It says, here's what we've done. I mean, did you say see Kaylee's speech tonight? I didn't, I mean, child. I'm in the studio. But let me tell you what I did see last night. I thought the left, here's how you also know that Trump is winning. When they're complaining today about it being a family affair, his kids killed it. Tiffany Trump last night, who would have thought she was as beautiful as Ivanka and just as articulate. And what she did, what I thought was extraordinary in her speeches, the, as well as all of them together and this whole convention, was that last week the left uh, did, they spent the entire four days trying to paint Trump as a shell of a human being who has no empathy. And what, what um, the point that Tiffany Trump made last night, she didn't say it exactly this way, but basically empathy is not a feeling it's a behavior. You look at President Trump's 
actions, which they couldn't give yeah. any. Biden's been in office for 47 years. They couldn't say one dang thing he did good for anybody. But she talked about empathy in the form of the First Step Act, giving felons an opportunity to start life over again. Yeah. Empathy yeah. empathy is in the right to try bill, where you allow dying people to, to have a chance at life. Or how about empathy being for the unborn? Or empathy in the form of business policies with lower taxation and regulation that people like the lobster fishermen came out and explained uh, you know how uh, th- how Trump helped him and what uh, what Obama did to him. So the actions, even Rand Paul talking about Trump helping him, you know, fund a medical mission. I mean, it was over and over and over. So they just crushed this whole stupidity, moronic narrative of Trump having no empathy. And remember, CNN's and the MSNBC's people—they never get to see this stuff, right? Because Trump's right. only evil on their networks, right? So, and having real people say these things far more convincing than having politicians say it. And they didn't just do it like the Democrats, like 30 seconds here, 30 seconds there. They had these people talk for five, six minutes and explain their whole story much more effective. That's a good point that nobody's made that point that why that the, the the average Americans at the RNC and their stories were more compelling. And you're right. It wasn't five of them in a Zoom call where they get 15 seconds uh, as Eva Longoria points at them. No, I mean, that lobster fisherman, I would have I had no idea. You know, Obama's talking about how Trump is. He's just so lazy. He don't do nothing. Trump found out that uh, oh, that uh, in order to kowtow to the environment, Environmental Nazis, they, uh, the Obama administration, used some weird Antiquities Act to declare three thousand miles of fishing off, you know, waters not available to fishermen, and and how that yep. just really riled up the lobster people. And Trump overturned it, and what that meant to uh, to these lobster fisher people and, and and their whole livelihood and and the details about the tariffs and spe- specificity. It was brilliant. People? Yeah, what, what are they? We call ourselves fishermen. By you, you end up fishermen. What is this weed? Do you have fleas in your pocket? Are you speaking French? You're not a fisherman. <laughs> hey, once you've been on the Bering Sea, you can say anything you want. <laughs> Cough up the goods, man. We need receipts. Nobody's believing your little fancy pants, you know, with your with your little with your eight hundred dollars shoes in your rose garden, perfectly manicured rose garden, worked on a fishing boat. <laughs> All right, Tom DeBacaro. Y'all need to read Tom's articles. Uh, tell everybody where. I mean, you're on Fox Nation, Political Vanguard. Where else? Yeah, I uh, had a bunch on Fox and Fox Business and at Political Vanguard. So I appreciate you having me on. Keep All, right, having fun. All right, take it easy. All right, we're going to take a little break. Hey, breaking coronavirus news today coming out of the Department of Justice, believe it or not. Stay tuned. More Andrea K. Show coming up. sure to follow Andrea K on Twitter at Andrea K Show. And follow her on Facebook and like her fan page at Andrea K. Spelled K-A-Y-E. A-K, Dynamite and Address, or just Andrea K. Whatever you call her, she's on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K Show. Did you guys go Google that video? do so. I want to get your thoughts on it. We'll keep the conversation rolling after the show on Facebook. Um, big news today on the coronavirus. Um, the Department of Justice has requested data from the governors of four states that issued uh, COVID-19 orders that and it says here in terms of the Office of Public Affairs in their statement may have resulted in deaths of elderly, but we know that it did. 
the statement reads, Today the Justice Department requested COVID-19 data from governors of states that issued orders which may have resulted in the deaths of thousands of elderly nursing home residents. New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and Michigan, all Democrat-run, required nursing homes to admit COVID-19 patients to their vulnerable populations, often without adequate testing. Hey, let's for, get that in California. Yeah. for exa- Well, it, it wasn't that bad here in California. Uh, believe it or not, on March 25th, it says New York ordered, quote, no resident shall be denied readmission or admission to a nursing home solely based on a confirmed or suspected diagnosis of COVID. Nursing homes are pre- prohibited from requiring a hospitalized resident who is determined medically stable to be tested prior to admission or readmission. They want us to be tested for everything. We can't go anywhere without a mask. But they're telling nursing homes that they don't have a right to test somebody. They forced sick patients into nursing homes. It goes on to say, protecting the rights of some of society's most vulnerable members, including elderly nursing home residents, is one of our country's most important obligations. We must ensure they are adequately cared for with dignity and respect and not unnecessarily put at risk. Uh, the statement goes into to, to detail about how in st- uh, these states, they have, like New York has the highest number of COVID deaths in the United States, 32,600 vic- victims even though their population is much lower uh, than some other states. So their deaths per million people is like six, almost 1,700 versus Texas, which has their deaths per million 380. Um, what's interesting is the Department of Justice, their Civil Rights Division started the Civil Rights of Institutionalized Persons Act, protecting um, the rights of persons in state-run nursing homes back early in March before this was happening, before before much of this happened. So this is an example of the Trump, the, the Cuomo and others are coming out today and say, oh, this is just all about politics. No, the, this is about the Republican Party actually being the party that cares about health, actually being the party that cares about senior citizens, and they're going to investigate crimes that occur against senior citizens. And this was a crime. This this was the, this was, they caused the deaths of thousands and thousands of elderly people in this country. So um, it's just, again, you know, the, the left likes to pretend that they care about public health. No, all they care about is power. I can't get inside Cuomo's head and crawl around or the other governors who did this. I can't say that they intentionally wanted to cause seniors to die, but they left the military ship offshore empty. They, the military went and built other, built a makeshift hospital in Central Park that they ended up tearing down that had no patients. So there's no reason for why they sent these sick elderly patients into nursing homes. Just like you look at these rioted, war-torn Cities where Democrat mayors haven't done anything to stop it. If they're not doing anything to stop it, you have to assume it's because they want it to happen. When he, when Cuomo and these other Democrat governors had other options for these sick elderly patients, you have to assume that this was the outcome that they wanted. You have to. It's insane. Um, did you have something you wanted to share tonight, darling? A story yeah, you wanted to share? Yeah, real quick. I just think it's disgusting. I've been uh, getting a couple of updates from uh, a couple of people I know here at the station, but being a big baseball guy, a pair of Major League Baseball games today delayed, canceled, because they were reacting to the weekend shooting uh, by police uh, in Wisconsin. Gack. And so they're standing up for racial justice. I, it, it, it blows my mind. Oh, Gack. Swing at the ball. Toss the Play ball the game, into man. a little hoop. You know, break the plane and get yourself a touchdown and shut up about social justice, okay?